welcome back to another episode of leading football where we are reviewing from where we are going to talk about manchester united in simple uh, we have with us shrivats who is a manchester united fan so shrivats tell me this uh, tell me about your journey of being a manchester united fan okay uh, when did it start how did it go okay it started when uh, ronaldo was brought into manchester united so everyone like it's going to be either way it's ronaldo or messi so for me it started with ronaldo and also the club when it was in the peak when ronaldo joined and the way the club developed under sir alex ferguson all those legends they made me admire manchester united more and more so that's when manchester united like the fan of i became a fan of manchester united no so no so that's how i became a fan of manchester united the way things were moving and when sir alex ferguson went down it was quite a small like a stormy feel for every manchester united fan but then i had the hopes when angel di maria was signed because i was a di maria fan also seeing him play with ronaldo i thought okay we are going to have a final replacement of ronaldo at manchester united and that's when manchester united got me more crazy into the premier league football but then it was a huge tremendous break and this season was quite satisfying compared to any other season so far so that's how my journey started yeah like even i can relate to it because that was around the time even i became a manchester united fan and for sure if you ask me about di maria that was like the biggest disappointment we have faced till date so yeah this was so okay so uh the arrival as the arrival of bruno fernandes made a huge difference in the team so what do you think about bruno as a player and how he transformed the way united look okay so when a player comes from portugal it's going to people are going to be like it's going to be either nani or else it's going to be ronaldo but he's not nani or ronaldo but he is the best playmaker of the season like equal to kevin de bruyne because uh, the way he brings forward the team okay the way he created the chances like there are players who could create chances there are players who could hold the ball and there are players who could dribble but he was all in one package and playing alongside pogba was one of the magical duo for every manchester united fan the comeback of pogba and uh, the combination of pogba and fernandes and people were thinking how are they going to link with each other because they both are in the similar play role so the similar position so similar strategy and all this thing but the bond between those two were like close to what we have seen with rashford and marshall which has improved a lot so it's something like uh they are like the pillars of the midfield and the way bruno is performing is like his ability to think in the field like he analyzes the play the analysis the players who are in the field and whatever the mistakes they have been doing he's not a leader he's not the captain of the team but he guides the team there's a difference between leading a team and also guiding the team maguire has been doing good as a leader but then guiding the team in the midfield area especially the where the place where we can see a huge improvement is in our midfield definitely since mm-hmm. the arrival of bruno fernandes because there were in players who could dribble or else who could give a fine passes like pogba Pogba was like pure class for his passes and dribble but then the combo was something very magical and the formula has worked out so bruno's arrival is not compared to ronaldo's level or not i'm not going to say like he's changing the game like how nani did with sir alex ferguson 
but he's definitely is a very important ingredient for our midfield subject and i feel his duo that is uh, bruno fernandes along with pogba and also a strong defending midfielder could improvise the manchester united and that combo can bring manchester united back the cup which has been missing for a pretty long time even i kind of like agree to what you say uh, bruno fernandes is not just a player he is more than a player he is a leader of the he is leader on the field and something that is very magical and something that attracted me the most is his ability to control the front three so like they were he was just dictating how they play if bruno fernandes is doing this automatically they will do this so it is like that is the difference that he had created as far as i am concerned and on top of it you told something which is like debatable uh, you compared bruno fernandes and kevin de bruyne but i feel the comparison is too early uh, it has been just like 4 5 months come yeah 6 months whatever till bruno has played but kevin de bruyne has been doing it for years and years and again he did it's it this season he broke the uh, assist record so i'm not getting there but yeah i mean if you ask me he is like second to kevin de bruyne in the league at least for this season i won't rate him as good as kevin de bruyne but still he is getting there and yeah, probably yeah. next season will be the season where we can thoroughly judge him yeah exactly so but as far as the since bruno's arrival it was more likely bruno versus uh, i mean kevin de bruyne obviously and that's the they both were the people who were actually carrying the entire team at front so that's where i compared but the next yeah, season is going to be a real test for the midfield combination that is the ingredients which are going to pass to it's going to be a real test next season is not just going to be a testament for bruno or the forwards or the players it's going to be one for ole gunnar solskjaer also definitely like before going into that next season part uh give me your glimpses on ole gunnar solskjaer and how he has performed till now as a manager okay so seeing the review, i mean seeing the place where we have ended last season and the squad depth and everything i feel it's an 80% win for ole i would say 80% because the 20% was lost because we didn't get any silverware but our main targets were to reach the top four come back to the top four which he did he did improvise the team like we have we were having inexperienced young players they didn't get a lot of time to play in the field but he improvised in terms of teamwork marshall marshall's finishing was a kind of lacking in the previous season marshall wasn't able to finish but this season i've seen him uh, doing a better thing in finishing compared to goals and probably it's because his first season as number 9 till now he has been tried in the left wing I, yeah yeah so and this is breakthrough season as a striker and a leading striker and it is not an easy job to yeah. lead the line of a team like manchester united expectations would be high and stuff yeah, and he has actually completed it yeah he has actually he did has a decent job really decent job yeah, he has he has been phenomenal i would say but coming to ole gunnar solskjaer do you think he would continue as the manager for long years to come and do you feel like he is capable of doing it for me i personally suggest there is no other manager who could bring a team like united 
from the state which our team was to this level and i feel if we have given him i mean we should give him a little more chance i mean with the players that he needed coming back to the transfer market is going to be a tragic story for another manchester like another time another year the same story is going to be but it depends upon how the players are going to adapt to him and the players whom he needs if it comes to the team i can see the formula has been working pretty well after the lockdown especially for the season the it was quite quite decent there were flaws at different places but comparing to all the injuries that we had had and the amount of player growth individual player growth in different fields that is one huge aspect which i really respect on ole he uh, i won't say like he did like what frank lampard was able to do like frank lampard had only two to three experienced players but the amount of growth in his squad was pretty good and the trust uh, oh i mean the board and the owners did was quite amazing which every manchester united wanted i mean every manchester united fan wanted ole to be back i am pretty sure if the same squad is going to continue without any transfer market i hope mid season he'll be taking away if he was in i mean if his new formula is going to work out maybe he will be staying for a next season or else if the transfer market fails and if his formula is being leaked out i am not sure if he's going to stay for a little longer than december but it's in the hands of the transfer market i want him to personally stay as a manchester united manager because i haven't seen a pure manchester united blood bringing a team to this level because david moyes was a person who was being trusted by sir alex ferguson and i feel the second most trusted person by alex sir alex ferguson as a manager is ole gunnar solskjaer and he has actually proved that he is a real true blood of manchester united and he can bring back the glory which we are missing see for me it goes back to you know 2013 when sir alex ferguson left uh when alex ferguson was was there in the team and was there as the manager there was a culture imposed in united once he left the culture was changed exactly there remained no culture there remained no specific way of playing for united it was just health skeleton people the managers who were appointed got in their own theories which didn't work out very well and so but ole ole you know he has tried to keep it simple he has tried to keep it very simple and you know i would say he's trying to do what sir alex ferguson did exactly. like take from the coaching staff bringing back nikki but being using mike feelan as the assistant coach having michael carrick as the assistant coach i mean michael carrick was like michael carrick's decision would be like one of the best morinos decision ever exactly. appointing him as an assistant coach more than whatever he did more than the second place more than the europa league i would say that michael carrick that particular decision is what is paying off today and the as you spoke about the improvement of players i think that is the main reason here before the season olegona was clearly told that this is the budget you have this is the play this is the players you can get and he acted accordingly like he developed martial he let go of romelu lukaku he didn't sign a, re- a replacement he he knew about martial he had, he had identified that potential of martial to play as the number 9 so he didn't go in for a replacement he converted martial 
he took rashford into your he took rashford into the left wing and made him a goal scoring winger same same goes one simple example i can give our player of the season fred like what he was last season what he is right now is something that is unexplainable exactly. and i don't think this would be possible without our first team coaches to be very honest and the you know promotion of say a greenwood brandon williams the academy prospects and mctominay to an extent these are all what defined the season for me so and and on top of it you had mentioned about lampard uh, see i credit lampard for whatever he has done and stuff but i wouldn't consider that as like one of the best achievements because he had a score set it was only with it was the tinkering he needed with one or two players say a mason mount or a christian pulisic and tammy abraham but to substitute with tammy abraham he had someone in the form of olivier giroud who who is like pretty experienced and who knows how the premier league works so that helped lampard here and even if if christian pulisic wasn't there he had multiple players to play that role say a pedro a villian they were all experienced campaigners but when it comes to united you had when it comes to united you had none of these like our most experienced player is david haya and you know how holer of a season he had last time yeah so i wouldn't personally rate lampard better than ole gunnar solskjaer but it is too early to compare as i said lampard has his first transfer market already he has made just eight signings or seven signings and many more to come just he's going to buy 11 players that i'm not checking but yeah so i wouldn't really rate lampard higher than ole gunnar solskjaer like let us leave that aside and yeah, come back to come back to so what do you think about the 2019-20 season of united say, uh it's an 80% win again because we came back to the top 4 so that was one major thing which was missing for a pretty long time i feel like the squad which i had i never expected a top 4 finish i thought we are going to stay back again in the europa league when i see or saw the mid table season i mean mid season table it was quite bad and the second thing is uh, we were able to qualify to all three semi finals which has happened after yeah. a pretty pretty long time so i feel that always bringing cl- this club a step closer to the success but we could have done certain changes like ole could have done us little bit of a backup plan for us if in case the starting 11 was in a failure he, had, he could have done a small thing or else he could have backed up certain players for certain reasons or something but i feel it was 80% that win. that solely see that the, the aspect you are talking about i feel solely relies on the board yeah, if the glazers and red over doesn't support recruitment and doesn't want to recruit players who we need and instead go on big names in order to attract sponsorship and endorsement deals then i don't think there is a point in as talking over the squad depth here yeah i But, personally feel that ole did whatever was possible from his side yeah but i feel he could have done for an alternate strategy yeah. that's what i feel because in the end we know there is no squad depth so he should have made some arrangements that a squad has certain players who could come into field and make some change like how mata did in the europa league but then mata was pretty late for the sevilla game Uh, it's another story we can't like we had a lot of chances being missed in the 60th minute that 
nobody expected i mean the keeper was going to be like so good and the defense was going to be so good so we should have come for an alternate strategy but it's okay it's the first complete season and i i'm pretty happy for what ole did for this club because i feel our club is coming back into places the missing pieces are getting attached so finally we might be able to see some cup coming some silver bag was going to come back to united this year i'm not sure if we could challenge for the premier league title or stay in the top four with the current squad but some of the other cup would be possible i hope we won't get knocked out of the east i mean ucl at the group stage let's see what's going to happen it's too early to predict for uh, for me this season you know i would personally divide it into two parts like a, a season half season till the january transfer window that is before and after the arrival of bruno fernandes after the arrival of bruno fernandes i felt we were like the best team this season i would even say we were better than liverpool and we were better than man city after the arrival of bruno fernandes that is but before that you know it we weren't great and injuries did not help our cause uh see uh, mctominay was injured our martial was injured rashford was injured pogba disappeared with injury and then you have like four of the key players injured and luke shaw obviously you don't even know when he is fit and when he is not true so five key players and david they are being kepa uh i didn't really fancy what ole gunnar solskjaer managed to achieve in the second part of the season but yeah again that i would personally blame the board and our ceo for that because bruno fernandes was supposed to be a summer signing yes ole gunnar solskjaer and the board knew that we lack the playmaker and if pogba isn't available there is no one to create chances fortunately or unfortunately for the board and for ole gunnar solskjaer rashford and martial stepped up if they hadn't stepped up and they hadn't got those solo goals got i, I we wouldn't have been in the top four as simple as that but very happy that the board realized that at least in the middle of the season and somehow got in bruno fernandes which i feel should have been a summer signing but once he came the dynamicity changed the way united played changed we weren't scared anymore we weren't dependent on pace we weren't dependent on counter attacks we tried to play possession based football we tried to play we were basically we were able to play any style we wanted to play and we had the players capable of doing that also with pogba fit even better but without pogba also i felt once bruno fernandes came we started dictating the play and and had bruno fernandes come in the summer transfer window i don't know where united have stood by now we wouldn't have struggled so much to achieve the top four uh, we would have been there with peace but again with edward at least he got it we got him in the january transfer window and that is what is important ultimately we are there in the top four he is safe the fans are happy again so yeah now at least with ole proving his results i really feel that he gets the players he wants okay so what do you think about our defense especially okay uh, let me come from the transfer window of the previous season 
So yeah. that's uh, that is a real uh, what did you say? Everyone blamed like Maguire wasn't the 80 million quality player. I accept he's not an 80 million quality player because Virgil Van Dijk was priced the same. But I feel a person who's played every single minute of Manchester United, and I guess the amount of stamina and he had a back injury, but he had, I mean he took the medication for it. Yeah, hip injury, yeah. and he took the uh, medication for it, and he was able to complete every 90 minutes possible. There were even 120 minutes in the extra time was also happening in different places of the external things. But I feel like. Harry Maguire uh, wasn't being supported perfectly because Maguire is a kind of a person who takes the ball to the mid and maybe even to the three fourth of the pitch. That time he needed a physical guy who's been supporting from the back. And Lindelof, he played well, he played decently, but I don't feel like his physique has helped a lot because player can easily shoulder tackle and he can dribble and move. Pace was decent, but. Uh, his different technique was decent. I won't say his physical was one of his weakness. Then coming back to the right side, Aaron Van Bissaka. I guess he is the best transfer of this last previous season. He was the best transfer next to Bruno Fernandes. He was the best. Uh, so best transfer because initially his tackling was like the way he actually played against Sterling. Sterling, I saw Sterling feared. To cross Baron Van Bissaka, he was pretty sure I don't need the ball. He was running away from the ball. That is the impact that Baron Van Bissaka has created. His sliding tackles, man, nobody else can do a perfect sliding tackle like Baron Van Bissaka in this Premier League. I'm pretty sure, and nobody can argue over it. If someone is going to argue, I'm going to ask them. Yeah, I'm going to ask them to watch the videos of what Baron Van Bissaka did. The thing with Maguire is he's a ball-playing centre back, and he's really very strong. But one thing he lacks is pace. Yeah. But that doesn't mean you can't call him worthless and all. He's he's for me and as per stats, he's like the second best defender in the Premier League after Virgil Van Dijk. So like you have a Virgil Van Dijk as a standard, and then you are comparing him to Virgil Van Dijk. That is the level he has reached. And if he is not a good player, you don't compare him with the Virgil Van Dijk. You compare him with a player much lower to Virgil Van Dijk. So that is what is defines me. And the 80 million price tag. Obviously, it was expensive. I'm not telling it wasn't expensive, but it was something that we needed the most. Yeah. Because we needed a center back. We needed a. We need. We wanted to play out from the back. And I don't see a better center back available in that in the market at that particular time. Who can play? Who's very good with the ball? I don't. I don't see a player. And with Maguire, he's very good aerially. He's very yeah. good aerially. He can. He he can like out muscle defenders. He can win the headers in the center of the pitch. He can win the headers in the box. And then he can even score the, score those goals, crucial goals, which he did. Which he we didn't see much of that, but still he did manage to get some crucial goals for say against Chelsea in the Carabao Cup or. Against uh, Norwich, the winner. So yeah, he he was great. But see, you cannot compare a player with the price tag. The transfer yeah. market in particular, I feel, is very inflated right now. And every player, what whatever the sales is, I don't think the player is worth that money. Say for example, example. Uh, let us say take for example Luka Jovic, who was signed for 50 million by Real Madrid, and he hardly played a game or two. Yeah, player to sit in the bench. You are paid fifty million. 
and then you are here comparing Harry Maguire played like day in and day out, and who is the who has been the second best defender in the Premier League, and you compare him and you same overpriced. Every he, single player is overpriced in my opinion, and yeah. that is the nature of the transfer market these days. And then coming coming to Lindelof, see Lindelof wasn't the player he is right now back a season back or so. Very true. He has improved drastically, and one astonishing fact is that he has been dribbled past the entire season only once. Number last time Van Dijk wasn't dribbled past at all, but the same he was just dribbled past once. That too by Todd Cantwell against Norwich. Apart from that, uh, Lindelof has never been dribbled past. He is. Like we, he is not that great at aerial battles, but he is improving. Is what yeah, I see. Yeah, he is definitely and, improving. And on top of it, the defense we play right now, they are playing their first season together. They haven't played before, so it obviously takes time for them to you know settle and adapt. See, if you take a Virgil Van Dijk or if you take the top top defenders, say a Koulibaly or you take Ramos, they all have a guard in front of them. Okay. They have someone called as Casimiro. They have someone called as Fabinho. In United, we don't have that. So the entire you you don't have a brick as a central defensive midfielder in United. So the more work you do, the more you are bound to make mistakes. So and that is the reason for those mistakes. I feel they are not they are not bad. They are just they are good, but they are not excellent. But they will get there. And I have personally seen the signs of them. And you had you mentioned about Van Bissaka. What do you think about his attacking inputs? Okay, um, let me come to that. So his attacking input first. Let me say from another signing who was really brilliant at first, and he was still brilliant at the end. But his role was changed. That's Daniel James. I actually expected a lot from Daniel James because his pace was incredible. And the way he has dribbled for, I mean, his pace is what is going to be his dribble. Obviously, he is not a player who could dribble in between players. He is a player who uses the space wherever is available in the field. And someone could put a long ball; he could run for miles. So that's the kind of player he was. The player which, uh, like Danny James, who came in first was more of an attacking winger. He wasn't a person who was doing all those crosses and all. He came in. His finishing was nice. Initial. Part of the season, mm-hmm. the goal he scored against Southampton, the top bin challenge was like perfect. Mm-hmm. That was super cool. And the debut goal was Old Trafford debut goal. It was like a magical moment for every Manchester United fan. Oh, finally we got a pure replacement goal. The, the strategy. Was yeah, true, very true, and very very true. And that was kind of luck because it went through the keeper hands of the keeper. So that was kind of luck, but. Daniel James, as just a normal player, day in the office for Kepa. <laughs> Very true. So Daniel James, as a player, I feel when he entered, he was more of a finishing player, more than giving crosses or something. But he was a huge mm-hmm. improvement for our whatever Rashford and Martial. The improvement we have seen for Rashford, I mean Rashford and Martial, was I would give thirty to forty percent credit to Daniel James in the initial part of the season. Because the assist that he provided against the Liverpool game, taken like mm-hmm. Allison was like shocked to see uh, Rashford suddenly getting the ball and scoring. He was shocked, and the defenders were shocked because that 
like accurate passing i would say long ball was accurate and the way he pushed forward the entire field that quickness and that was very good like his finishing got drastically little bit slowly down 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 but his uh, assisting capabilities was pretty high he was going exponentially honestly because if you take away the goals and assists scored by uh, i mean provided by daniel james you would lose half nearly half of the initial phase of whatever we scored because he was a very crucial part the thing with daniel james is he's still very raw he's still very young and he's still not matured enough his decision making is what that has to improve and if that improves he can still be a very good utility player in this squad but i don't see him as a you know world class or a top prospect i won't say him like he's, he's a top class prospect he's a better bench player he's a better bench player compared yeah, to whatever uh, we have in the bench i feel like if okay in fin case uh, fingers crossed we get jaden sancho okay we get jaden sancho and if he's tired or if rashford is tired or if marshall is tired he's still a better player to replace them compared to anyone else in this bench like greenwood is the best option so coming back again so aaron van bissaka his attacking thing he had to focus on attack because daniel james was uh, kind of either changed in the position when rashford went out and when greenwood came in he was more like dribbling in between he's not a pacey guy so aaron van bissaka has to support greenwood in the final third so he had lacked his i mean his defending skills was quite down because he was committing more fouls in the end towards the end of the thing mm-hmm. you can see that happening in the sevilla he was performing the same kind of sliding tackle perfectly at the initial part of the season but later on he became tired running from the third three fourth of the pitch coming back to the defensive sliding see that personally i don't think it's because of you know supporting attacking players that is because of the you know the number of games we had played in a wow. short span of time so that had taken a toll on like almost everyone if you see the start of say uh, these if you see since we start first five six games we were phenomenal no one were able to stop us and then after a point of time the decline started that is because that had a lot to do with the number of games and the lack time of span of each games and so lack of squad i think that was the reason yeah so and aaron van bissaka if you see uh, before the january before the january before the winter break period he wasn't great yeah. attacking wise he wasn't contributing almost he was contributing nothing apart from that one particular assist later after january he started getting involved more up front he started improving he started showing signs of improving improvement and he did provide like three or four assists mm-hmm. after jan so that is like the second second most after trent oh. alexander arnold obviously and also But, after yeah. lockdown for yeah. a right so, <laughs> so that is what has happened and i definitely feel that when we start playing next season he would definitely improve more definitely. coming to the left back luksha and brandon williams luksha any day like brandon williams is brilliant i would say he's like really brilliant but actual position of uh, brandon williams is right back but he was adapted to a left back everyone underestimates luksha honestly luksha is the most under- underestimated player in the whole premier league i would say because 
Luke Shaw has uh, everything. Honestly, he's good with his crosses. He could dribble. He has a good physique. And he's good in defense. Like, it's a total package for Manchester United. But one, one key flaw is his injury prone. He's very injured prone. So, that, even I accept that. Luke Shaw is like a decent crosser. He's very good going forward. He's defensively also sound. He's not very bad defensively. And probably we missed him a lot in the later part of the season. Had he been there, I think the results would have been different. Definitely. I but feel that. I'm not taking anything away from Brandon Williams. Even yeah, that, he was brilliant. He was brilliant because a 19-year-old kid coming in, playing like... Uh, like, I would say, I, everyone compared him with Gary Neville. It was true. I saw his characteristics in him. Like, man, I won't expect a 19-year-old kid who's, like, falling in the ground. He's, like, he's not that physical. He's not, like, so strong as Luke Shaw. But he was able to push players, get the ball without being fouled. I was shocked to see he was, like, even slimmer than me. Man, I weigh nearly around 55. I can't believe that he's pushing players. He's able to tackle the balls. And he's also able to provide assists. He's a good dribbler. But he's, maybe if he had played in the right-back position, maybe we could have seen a better Brandon William. But with his left foot, I feel he, he's also more like a Mason Greenwood. I didn't see a weak foot in him. And the goal against, uh, if I'm not wrong, he scored a goal against Sheffield. Alaska. Sheffield. And Sheffield, Sheffield. Sheffield United. Okay, Sheffield. That was a pretty nice shot. Left-footed shot. I, I saw that. Okay, that was a very decent shot. Right-footed shot. Okay, I'm not sure of the shot uh, leg, but yeah, but it was it was a brilliant finish. Yeah, it was it was he had a nice power. He has good power in his uh, foot, and the way he also dribbles. Suddenly, I can see Rashford playing left back, and he's playing left winger. <laughs> uh, that was kind of a shock. But Rashford actually, the coordination between the players this season, I feel it's more better think, than yeah, it's a different. Yeah, I can especially find, the especially the combination between uh, say. Rashford and Martial. Definitely. That is something you. That is something that was the best thing that happened this season. I would, I would say that is the best combination I have ever seen in a forward after Rooney and Van Persie. I won't go back to Ronaldo yeah. because because I won't go back to Ronaldo and all or else Zaltan and uh, Rooney because Zaltan was like a king over there. Rooney was another king. So. The king didn't fight was, but they never helped each other majorly. But I uh, like, like see the players' performance improvement. Like the first hat trick after Sir Alex Ferguson's thing came from Marshall, and the final assist was brilliant. Because, yeah, like I was shocked to see. Like I thought Rashford would go for a shot. If he was an individual player, he wanted goals, he would have gone for the shot. He had a clear view for the shot, but he had passed the ball, which no one expected. And the finish from Martial, I can see like Ole has been training people with his proper finishing. Ole is a perfect finisher. Like Ole has a class. Even Ole is like the perfect coach to have for a striker, I would say. Exactly. Like when coming back to another major improvement, like you said, Michael Carrick, the way he has worked with uh, Scott McTominay, Fred. Scott McTominay. Fred. Fred Fred was. Okay, I thought uh, pre-season, okay, I thought we have to sell Fred. Man, please sell Fred. Bring in someone else. But this season, most unexpected turn, like, like complete turnover for me is Fred first place. 
Second is Brandon Williams. I didn't expect Brandon Williams, 19-year-old guy, coming. Because I've seen James Garner playing in the previous season. He mm-hmm. also played in UEFA, I guess. I mean, Champions League, I, I guess he, uh, he was subbed as a player. I, so I've seen Tai Chung coming in mm-hmm. and playing. But I haven't seen Brandon Williams playing for Manchester United. And suddenly, he was given a major big role of a replacement of a, ma- like a main defender. Mm-hmm. There was no Twenzebe. Twenzebe was coming later on. I mean, he played, I guess, one match, I guess. Timothy was another interesting player. But I won't mm-hmm. feel like uh, he's that good as Brandon Williams. But he was a better, decent player compared to any other bench. See, the thing is with Koso uh, Mensa, he's basically a defensive bench. He's not a wing-back, so you cannot expect him to you know, be as no. good as a wing-back who is trained for that to be in particular. But yeah, And one more major thing for me was Matic. I thought he was done. He was rested before January. I thought, right. who is he? Why is he even in the team? Like, sell him off. Get him. He's already 30, 31 years old. Sell him. Get, get the 4-5 million whatever you get for him. Why do you have to keep him? But after January, the way he played... The past he stole the show for me. The most underrated performance this season for me was Matic. Had Matic, been, had Matic not been there, Pogba couldn't have played the way he played. Bruno couldn't have played the way he played. And which eventually means the United team couldn't have played the way they wanted to play. But his intelligence, uh, he knows when to come and intercept the balls. He knows when to go in for a duel. He knows when to fill in a centre-back spot. And make the defense wider and make that it a fine That is the one major thing which has uh, improved our defense. Because when Maguire flies off into the front, man, uh, Lindelof couldn't handle it as a, a separate centre-back. That time, Matic stepped back. I can see the brilliance in that. Because I was... Uh, like comes with experience. Very and true. I would consider Matic as a player who was reborn. Very, very He was true. out of the list before January. He wasn't even there. I wouldn't have even played him ahead of, say, uh, James Garner or David. I wouldn't have. But after January, what he did, it was astonishing. And and next, the last and the most important player, Mason Greenwood. That kid is absolutely brilliant. Seriously. Uh, <laughs> you even heard Alan Shearer saying, Alan Shearer is a person who has scored tremendous goals. He's the leading goal scorer for PL. And he has said, Give the kid 5 to 10 years, maybe maximum 10 years, he's going to be the leading goal scorer. He has scored around 680 goals. 680 goals. Mm-hmm. A kid can score in the next 10 years, not even 10 years. Give him 5 to 10, I mean, 5 to 8 years, he can score. He said those words. A legend saying those words. And not just him. I can, I really appreciate Luma, I mean, Lukaku. Because uh, if it was Zaltan, he would have trolled Manchester United. Saying they were lost in the semi-finals, they could come in. They couldn't qualify for the finals, but Lukaku, the words he said, I, I, I was shocked to see. I mean, I know. I mean, Ole had told that uh, forward has to be improved from the younger style. So uh, he also said Marshall has stepped in front and he has improved, and Rashford has improved. And the word he also included, Mason Greenwood, was brilliant. Brilliant, yeah. See, yeah. Mason Greenwood stepped in neither the most. He came and he got those crucial goals, man. He could score with both the feet. He could dribble with both the feet. What else do you want from a player? I the hope, defender, I hope he doesn't get injured. What do. Just yeah. give him the ball in the outside or somewhere near the D-box. He would take care of the rest. His tempo goal. And he's, 
he is relatively quick too he is not slow he is very yeah. fast this said he doesn't run those long shifts but that doesn't mean he's he's slow he's fast and he has everything he has everything apart from that physique to become a top top striker and physique physique also you see after the lockdown after the restart he has improved he has put on weight he has bulked up and i can see in players getting there even mctominay has bulked up and slowly the players are getting bulked up see look so he has reduced weight drastically yeah. very true uh, that is what actually i don't think like uh, strikers need physique they need the mentality in the play because they have to see the gaps the, the way he has to see this like how to dribble front because players with attack okay physique matters when it comes to headers and manchester united is not the team who's playing for headers header means it yeah. is going to be either pogba maguire there are only three players they have to man mark other players are going to be like penalty <laughs> Let's go for penalty. Mm-hmm. Let's get the penalty done. Mason Greenwood, I would say, like the time when James has his finishing problem, he stepped up. Like he was an academy player. He also played the academy games, and he he then got promoted into the squad when the squad needed the most. And he stepped. I mean, he stepped front, and I saw a junior Ronaldo playing. I would say Mason Greenwood was a junior Ronaldo, but Ronaldo had a preferred foot. He didn't have a preferred foot. Uh, that is one. I, I would say he was brilliant when he was he when he shocked Ramsdale for the Bournemouth game. He was shocked to see him. Where, how did he even shoot? He was like, "What?" Uh, that was like, "Wow!" Because I thought he would go. He's gonna put the cut and he's gonna score. But he shooted all of a sudden and it went in. And Ramsdale was shocked. He was like, "What are you defense even doing? How did he even shoot?" that is the quality which is a very very needed for a striker just give me a second yeah, yeah even i think that he will become one of the most important player for united in the future last but not the least yeah. the legend very true. the man who has saved us all these seasons finally yeah. started throwing a slump david de gea okay yeah uh how i would still say degia is the world's one of the world's best goalkeeper i would still say degia is one of the more i mean world's best goalkeeper okay he had had two uh, like failure kind of seasons but 2017 he won the golden glove and he was unbeaten literally and the way he stopped against arsenal sanchez was like in all that is degia man that is degia but no one else can do what degia has done for manchester united let it be dean henderson i am too early to judge for dean henderson dean henderson played for sheffield united and he did brilliant he did brilliant seriously like he was top i would say he was he is a, a capable player if he had played for manchester united with this kind of defense i guess uh, he would have become he would have got the golden glove maybe but the thing with david agia the defense this season the defense strategy was completely different because play play from back Played, played from the D box. They started from the D box. They went front. But David De Gea was in the 2017 season. If you take defenders were kind of in front, like near to the half lane. He used to shoot long. They were players like Zlatan, Rooney to take the ball, Fellaini to take the ball. But now in the front, they were in players to take the ball. In the last, like coming back to the last matches against Sevilla, he had shoot up front because we need players to run up front. because their forwards were kind of pressing and our defenders wanted to take the ball front but they weren't able to suddenly the plan changed 
that's when Victor Lindelof made the mistake because Thar, I mean, I won't say like uh, De Gea could have saved the match against Sevilla, but the sudden change in the strategy of defense when player has to come back, he couldn't handle it on his own. And the other thing is that if a player makes a mistake in the D box, then it completely comes to De Gea. That's kind of a pressure. That's kind of a mentality. And I guess this season is going to be quite interesting because if the same, if I, I would say if the same uh, defense strategy was worked out for 2018 or 19, which has been done in 2017, he would have still been the world's best goalkeeper. He's, I would say, if your people are saying manager is like the wall, he's also a wall. He was also called a wall. He had a failure in the World Cup. Mm-hmm. He had a failure. And complaining it was his downfall. See, one interesting thing Gary Neville said: if there is a slump in form, it can be for a month, it can be for six months, but when it continues and it is, and it is now for an year or two, it becomes a habit, and the player can never regain what he has lost. And that is what I feel about David Aya personally. See, he has been great. He has been phenomenal. He has been a true, true servant. But, you know, you earn the most for a goal, goalkeeper. You earn 360k a week. And then you can't even catch a team shot. Then what is the need for you there, that particular team? Romero was brilliant. I would say this season, Romero was better than David Aya. Because it was... The season was so bad for for a player of David Aguiar's caliber to have like eight or nine errors leading to goal. It's not acceptable. It's just not acceptable. We lost the FA Cup because of him. Yeah. Simple. We lost the trophy because of him. We lost. We lost like more than ten points in the Prem because of David Aguiar. And you cannot say no. And this nah. is not acceptable when you are playing for a club like Manchester United at the top level. And you are not a normal keeper. You are a, you are a Spain international. You are the number one for Spain. And you have been there. You have done that. And suddenly you are not able to catch a ball. Then what is the need for you to stay anymore? What is the need for you to play anymore? And with the with players like Dean Anderson waiting in the ranks. And what has Dean Anderson did? He hasn't done any wrong. And he has proved himself to be better than David De Gea. So, I personally feel that David De Gea's time is done. With Dean Anderson in the ranking, if we, if at all we fail to give Dean Anderson the time he needs, and if at all we don't have him as the number one, as our number one, then I don't find a point in Dean Anderson staying for the club. And we would eventually lose him. And he's just, what, 24? And that's too young for a goalkeeper. So personally, I would feel that it should be Dean Henderson for next season. Even though if he's not the number one choice, he should be given the cup games and the, at least Champions League group stages. For me, so, I would personally say David is going to be the number one for me. Because uh, last season, no, last season, uh, I would say Romero was perfect. Like Whatever games Romero had played, he was good. He was brilliant. Another player was brilliant in the department of goalkeeper. We have a very good goalkeeping backups. Like, I want to say no other squad has a better goalkeeper than us. Yeah. It's a very true yeah. thing. The thing what happened with Degia, I mean, Degia is that Ole trusts Degia a lot. More than anyone else in the squad. That's the reason why he was starting more games compared to Romero, even in the important stages. He feels Degia still got it. And I trust Ole on this. 
it's because uh, this year it's going to be quite interesting dean it's a huge selection dilemma for ole gunnar solskjaer yeah uh, this uh, i would say dean is a very good pro- i'm uh, again coming back like dean is a very good prospect he can replace degea as a number one but dean has to learn a lot dean has to learn yeah. a lot learning because, has to be done simultaneously yeah because you will start to learn only when you are you are playing most of the games if you are not playing how would you learn you just can't sit train 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 and then expect to come and perform oh, uh, i feel like the point i'm trying to say is that uh playing for sheffield united and playing for manchester united is different main it starts with the crowd and the fan base because if you go if you go as a manchester united player to man city or liverpool he has to know how much he would be booed because sheffield united player won't be booed much but manchester united players will be booed a lot by the fans see that is where the mentality would be tested the mentality right? is the place where he has to learn i mean that's the place where he has to learn and also Degia has been a sweeper keeper. We, we, we cannot say that his mentality has been poor. See, no, I would uh, say his mentality is poor. He needs to learn a lot, and that's what I say. The yeah, competition is given, but very true. Like this year, it's you learn through be, experience. Yeah, you learn through experience, and I what I feel is that David should start. And if David makes a mistake, or else what I feel is that either it's going to be an alternate matches for both of the players because that's how. Uh, David needs to be the number one goalkeeper for the next year championship. I mean, not champion, Europa, Europe competition. I mean, Europe Cup. If I'm not wrong, he needs to be the number Champions one. League. Yeah, no, not Champions League. I mean, the Spain Europe League. Ah, check Euros. Euros. So he has to be the number one goalkeeper for Spain because uh, I don't think Kepa is going to start for sure. <laughs> It's not going to be Kepa. I feel <laughs> Degia has still got it. and and he needs a competition for it he needs to prove himself that he's the best again and uh, and one more thing is that david has a very equal competition romero he they can say romero is aged so david can have a little longer stance or david can stand and all these things coming but over here this year it's going to be uh dean is young dean is good yeah. dean is in a few uh, like what can i say i would say he's starting his peak form so it's going to be yeah. david's going either it's going to be two way one is playing alternate matches see who's going to fit and there's going to be a healthy competition between the team I mean, between the players and for the manager he's going to be like a gifted manager because he has the world's best goalkeepers in his bench and and, his, and, and a huge headache too ah uh, uh, yeah huge headache too because the fan base and everything is going to pay a lot because dean has to make it to the england's top i mean front loving and david has to make it to the top one it's going to be either alternate matches or else a uh, dean could start the premier league and david would do the champions league or it's going to be vice versa but it depends uh, maybe dean i mean maybe degia would be the next romero for us <laughs> so we don't know or there's also another possibility or possibly romero yeah there's another possibility since degia degia is going to be just 30 or 31 he still has 2 to 3 years see peperena he's 39 or 40 he's still playing Yeah, yeah, he still has five years in my opinion. For me, he still has five years in the top Not division. Not United, no top <laughs> divisions. No, I won't say for. I, 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 it's too early to comment on Degia on United because he's been very loyal from the size he has been coming from Atletico Madrid. His physicality, his mentality, the way he led the team. Degia was the initial yeah, captain. So Degia so is. Uh, he's a very loyal servant for United. I would say like. if uh, we have to get i mean if dean is doing decent in the premier league if dean was given a chance and he is able to perform against the higher i mean like 
being a Manchester United player, he's able to go defend us in the away matches. I guess mm-hmm. Dean could be given number one when we could bring in Joel Pereira as a backup and sell David De Gea so that we can earn little money and invest on the places where we need to invest. We can't sell Dean Henderson because he's going to be the yeah. kid for the next 10 to 15 years. He's going to be the player for the next 10 years, at least solid ten years. If he's going to be the next De Gea, he has 10 years left. If he's going to be the next De Gea, or possibly not the last two seasons, but the previous seasons De Gea, he's still going to have it like the next 10 years. So, I won't sell Dean Henderson or loan him out because he needs to get the pressure what what United faces in this away game. Yeah, and he, he won't go alone. It was clearly told by Ole Gunnar Solskjaer in the last performance. Yeah, so, he told that Dean is going to stay here and he's going to fight for his place. Yeah, definitely. So I, I feel like it's, a, it's the one place yeah. where we need not worry about because I would still say David is better than Dean and maybe he would he needs a competition to fight for himself. Time will Kepa. Take in case of Kepa. He would be like Kepa can't replace me. in Spain he can't replace me. And with his fault numbers, he's pretty equal to David Degya. He's pretty mm-hmm. equal to David Degya. And I would say the strategy which was being changed might be a start for Degya. Uh, I mean, I mean, mistakes for Dengia. Let, 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 let us let the time answer the question. Most saddest part of this video, I would say, the transfer window. Yeah. What do you expect from this transfer window? And what do you think are the positions which United must strengthen? Okay, coming back to the substitutes. So, it's going to be three substitutes, not going to be five. So, that would, uh, I feel like, we need certain only limited amount of quality players. In case of injury, it's going to be different. But if people are not going to injure and need a regular swap, we need a, a little less compared to what we initially needed in the team. If it's going to be five, so I mean five substitutes. So okay, let me say from the players I want to kick out, I want to replace with. So first player I would sell is uh, Pereira, Andres Pereira. See, let's. Get to the selling part later. Let's okay. start with the players we need to get in. Get in. Or we need to strengthen the squad. Okay. First player, obviously, Jaden Sancho. I need a right winger for sure. I need a right winger who, who, is, who is so capable. I mean, like Greenwood is young and Greenwood's nature, I mean, natural position is a striker, not a winger. And I need a proper uh, right winger. I I'm not saying I need uh, David Brooks. I need a Jaden Sancho. So there's a huge difference between Jaden Brooks and uh, I mean David Brooks. Even and for me, Jaden Sancho is like a no-brainer. He's like the best player you can get for the style of play which United plays. He yeah. can counter-attack. He he's good with the ball. He has that vision. He's fast. He can score those goals. He can create those goals. And the creativity won't solely lie on Pogba or Bruno. He yeah. he will be there to take. A share in the Lord. So, Jaden Sancho is no brainer. Unless and until you, uh, Edward Ward loses his brain. Other than that, I don't see any reason why United won't go, go and get Jaden Sancho. Yeah, Jaden Sancho is my first priority. Okay, and most important place I want to make is a center midfielder. A proper mm-hmm. center midfielder like Xavi or Iniesta, that kind of quality I need. I need a player who could boost up the pace in the front who could dribble and he could also do some decent interceptions and all those kind of player. I need a finishing player from the mid. 
oh, that's the kind of a rumor which has been going on. I need that player, Van der Beek. I need, <laughs> I really, really need him because uh, he can play as an attacking midfielder. He's a proper centre midfielder, and his interception rates and his stats has been brilliant recently. So I would go for uh, Van der Beek, and also another transfer, interesting transfer, rumors which has been going on is Thiago. Uh, that is happening from yesterday because Liverpool feels that uh, Thiago is pretty old. Ergen Klopp feels that. That's what the rumor has said. That Ergen Klopp feels that Thiago is a pretty old player. And, and it's an asking price is too much. They have an issue with the price. Okay. Yeah. So, and all that uh, Bayern Munich is expecting is 27 million and 27 million. Okay. I want to say 27 million is a huge cost for Manchester United, but it's a very huge cost for Ed Woodwork and. Uh, uh, Glaciers. So, I won't say like uh, it's a cheap cost, but I would say it's going to be improving our, I mean, I would say the starting level is going to be improved Thiago is going to play or else even the subline is going to be a huge difference because this season we are going to play more than 60 games. I mean, yeah, more than 60 games. Expected to be, it's going to be 60 because FA Cup and everything Carabao Cup yeah. and we are going to have a, a standard higher. We are going to play in the Champions League, not in the Europa League. So, Europa League is pretty tough like Champions League, but Champions League player has a little higher because their transfer market is also pretty high, good compared to other teams which are there and transfer market for United States. So, I would say I need an improvement over there and I also need a proper left centre-back. Like everyone said, I need a left-footed centre-back because we have an alternate to go for if we need a right-back or a left-back. Brandon can fit mm -hmm. in both places. We can also play, we can see, I mean, Fosse Mensa can play both fields. He can play as a right mid, he, I mean, right back. He can also play as a left back. So, we have a top two best, Aaron Van Bissaka and Luke Shaw. I hope they are not getting injured because they are the most important players for us. And in the centre, seeing Bailey being injured in the game, off the game, in the training, I won't feel like uh, Bailey is going to survive for pretty long. And Lindelof, is a very intelligent, a very good player, but I feel like he needs to be subbed or else he needs to be like swapped in the games. Maguire is going to be staying for long. I know that. Maguire's quality, Maguire's leading and the kind of play which Maguire plays is kind of very important for our Manchester United. His physique, the way he gets the headers and all those things. I feel like that's important. Maguire is going to stay. I need a player who could support Maguire and the dream partner for his Kolibali and Manchester United spending money once again. It's a tragic. Okay, I saw another uh, few other... I mean, I thought we'll go for Gabriel. And Gabriel is again swapped away and gone. And Badashil has been going on. And 25 million is I not enough. Yeah, 25 million is not enough for uh, them, I mean, Monaco to accept the offer. And they are feeling like 25 million. That's like a 100 million player, everyone. Since Ake got sold for 40 million, every single player thinks like he deserves 100 million. Jack Grealish is not worth for 75 million because he's coming from the team of Aston Villa. The kind of quality that player has is different. He's worth for 75 million. I wouldn't say no. But the kind of team he's coming from, okay, the kind of transfer market, COVID, everything happening, I won't say like Jack Grealish is worth for 75 million. He's worth for 50 to 60 million at max. I would go for 45 to 50. There are like two ways to look into this transfer market. Either Jack Grealish or Thiago and Van der Beek. I would probably go with Thiago and Van der Beek because Definitely. that strengthens 
yes. scored much more than what Grealish does. See, Grealish is a proven Premier League player. He's a British. He has a British passport and stuff. That and all is secondary. But if you see, if you have the if you see the experience that Thiago has and the quality, he's probably the best midfielder for me after Kevin De Bruyne in the world. He is the best midfielder. You don't have an. You cannot say no. He he has evolved himself according to the game. He used to be an attacking midfielder. He used to be that JV mold of center midfielder. But now he is a proper defensive midfielder who takes the role of the playing playmaker. And that is something that United needs. For me, I would go in for Thiago or Van der Beek. Say I need Van der Beek too. But then, if you have given, if you are giving me an option of Thiago and Van der Beek, I would go in for Thiago. Thiago. Thiago is a player who can play as the defensive midfielder. He can stay back. He can become the auxiliary centre back when needed, like what he has been doing for Ben. Or he can take the ball. He can intercept those passes. He can start the attack from the back. He can he can just spring a counter attack with one pass. And that brilliance, I don't find it in any other player. Not even in Kevin De Bruyne. Kevin De Bruyne is very good at it, at taking passes and all. But Kevin De Bruyne cannot do what Thiago does, and Thiago. Cannot do what De Bruyne does, obviously. But Thiago is the complete midfielder United needs. And to have a midfield of Thiago, Pogba, and Bruno, I wouldn't want anything else. That is like we we'll probably have the best midfield trio in the world, even better than what City has. And yeah, so I would probably go in for say Thiago and Van der Beek as the cover to say a Bruno if, or uh, a Pogba. I mean, if we have one of us, one of them, one of them get injured, we don't have a proper. The next best player we have is Andres Pereira as the attacking midfielder, which I don't want to see. He's just not a United player. Same goes with Mata. He's old. He, I, I'm very loyal to Mata. I am very grateful for whatever he has done, but he's old. He cannot, you know, he doesn't have that pace and he doesn't have it anymore to play in the Premier League. He might be, he might still be good at, say, a slower paced leagues. But at Premier League, I don't see, I don't feel he's good. Enough. So I would probably want both Thiago and Van der Beek to get over the line, and along with Jadon Sancho. If you don't get a, if you don't get Jadon Sancho this season, for me this transfer window is a flop. He is the most important player United needs. Even if Thiago is not there, even if Van der Beek is not there, we can somehow manage with decent replacements. Fred has been good. We have Matic to play. He has another season in him at least. We have Pogba. We have Bruno. Some, somehow we manage. But the right-winging option, I don't see anyone playing that. And I don't want anyone other than Jadon Sancho either. Because he is the perfect player you have and he is the perfect player you want. And I, I probably would take Mbappe if you don't give me Jadon Sancho. But apart from these two, I won't have anyone else. I actually have a choice for Jaren Sancho. I have a choice of Jaren Sancho. Let me come to that. So, if it's going to be an option of going for either Jack Grealish or Thiago plus Van de Beek, I'll go for Thiago. Everyone will go for uh, Thiago and Van de Beek. Honestly, because, because the guys, their quality is very good. Okay? And we have two alternate options over one. That is going to like matter a lot when you go further and further in the uh, Champions League or any other. Uh, what city has? They have like what? 22 world class players, man. Yeah. So I would go for that kind of player. If we have to choose between Thiago or Van der Beek, that's where I will go controversial to you. I would choose Van der Beek over Thiago because 
Thiago is more of a center defensive midfielder and I feel I feel that Scott McTominay has been underrated on this position because he was being injured initially but the way he has the potential is again he comes from a true blood of Manchester United and he's a very good defensive midfielder he has the physique he could do good compared to Fred I mean Fred is also there so I don't feel like uh, he is very good I don't deny all that but can he be the only starter that United have is the question. He is definitely not at that level of, say, a Thiago. And if you want yeah. trophies in a very short span of time, and Thiago is the answer for you and not McTominay. McTominay can play the cup games, can play the odd games here and there, can replace Thiago as the substitute. I won't say I don't you want to replace Thiago as substitute, but Van de Beek, if you see, I, I'm seeing not just for a very short run. Van de Beek is a quality midfielder. He's a quality midfielder. Maybe yeah. the, the strategy is going to matter a lot because how we are going to use Van de Beek is going to make I mean, is going to help us to get the trophies. And Van de Beek is younger compared to Thiago. And maybe Thiago has his, Thiago is in his peak right now. He could stay for the next two years. And yeah, we can get those trophies for the next two years. And after next two years, would we get Van de Beek for 25 to 30 million? No. He would be in his peak. Then they would crash in. If uh, I mean, Ake is said to be in his peak and this being cost 40 million this time, I would say like Van Der Beek will go for 100 million in the next two years. I, nobody can guess, man. So I would feel like he's young, he's talented. See, ideally, that's what I'm telling. Get Thiago and get Van Der Beek. We need both of them. It's you don't have a choice. Go get them. You you have them available in the market. They are, they, are, they are the players who are willing to come. And the wages are a little trade. less compared to what we are going to pay for Grealish. The wages are yeah. going to be less. So, I would say like, okay, these two players are going to help our bench a lot. And that's what every Manchester United fan feels. But if you are able to get, okay, let me say, this is going to be the dream, okay? Okay, coming to the Jaren Sanchez alternate, okay? Okay, Mbappe, obviously, he's the best next to, <laughs> I mean, he's the best equal or even higher than Jaren Sancho, Okay. But I would say for the next five years, if I see for the next five years a potential alternate for Jaren Sancho and the quality of what Jaren Sancho possesses, I would go for Felipe Contino. It's an impossible one. But Felipe Contino, he's a perfect playmaker. He's actually a winger. He plays as a center attacking midfielder for Bayern Munich. But he came in place of Kingsley Coman. No, not Kingsley Coman. He came in place of Nabri, I guess. And he gave two assists. I mean, one assist, two goals. Within a short time. Torino is a playmaker you have and playmaker he Torino is not a natural right-footed winger or right-sided winger he is a left he can play in the left wing and come in and dictate the play but that for that reason we we do we are getting cheaper alternatives in Van der Beek and you know and even I would even say better alternatives in Van der Beek and Thiago better than Torino Torino cannot play in the right wing. I, I so, won't say like uh, I mean. Jaden Sancho is a no-brainer, man. You cannot just replace him. You I tell what you, you tell no, 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 no. Seriously, Jaden Sancho is gonna be the man. He is the man. But if you want, if you can't go for Jaden Sancho, and we need a player for. If you can't go for Jaden Sancho, don't run the club. Shut down the club. No need football. Nothing. I want Jaden Sancho. That's all. I hope Glacier is gonna listen to whatever we are speaking. So. Uh, okay. If you are gonna miss Jaden Sancho this season, I'm pretty sure Barca is gonna. Get him either this season uh, or the uh, next season. Liverpool, Sadio Mane is going to leave. He didn't yeah, if Sadio Mane is going to leave for 120 million, they're going to directly invest for uh, Jaden Sancho. Easy. Yeah, even Klopp is very interested in Jaden Sancho. Yeah, he but right the wages is high. Before Dortmund. Yeah, wages is high and his asking price is high, and Liverpool can't spend that much. 
because right now they can't but next season they can sadio mane is leaving yeah so 120 million jaden sancho is so going to either be free or else he is going to be less than 100 million and that time yeah, he might going to be 60 million next season but yeah. if you if you lose out the season but that is all i don't think you can land in jaden sancho jaden sancho wants liverpool more than manchester united but manchester united he is wants an that is a different thing but get in you need him most your sponsorship deal is ending chevrolet is leaving next year you need to find a new one you need to convince sponsor at least for the selfish motive of money get him get in and so bring in trophies if that is all you have you that is all you have to care about if you if all you want is money then the money is there with jaden sancho bring him win trophies get your sponsorship fill your pockets get lost that's it very true uh, as simple as that so I'm, yeah what are the expectations for next season next season okay okay let me complete the transfer market expectations and the next seasons so first i need jeren sancho i need uh, maybe my dream would be jeren sancho thiago van de beek grealish and a center uh, me left footed center back these five players you know that messi and ronaldo to that no 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 messi is like uh, okay maybe messi may <laughs> replace jeren sancho but i won't go for that but these five players if we get these five players maybe i would go for left center back if i get kulibali it's going to be the dream okay i am in the dream okay if i get kulibali <laughs> so kulibali is not a left footed center back but he's a perfect uh, yeah he's a perfect match for harry maguire that's what even ole said he wanted to get gullibali and harry maguire but glaciers come on so he won't get that much so see i don't think gullibali leaving napoli this season though. yeah and napoli has been very open man you ask manchester united or if at all he is leaving he is going to go for city. man city and yeah. pep is going to strengthen the team so if i my ideal would be gullibali because he has a potential for playing for the next 5 years easily i can see I mean, I saw Kulibali being nutmegged by Messi in the Champions League, but he's not. Uh, that happened once. I won't say like it would happen again, but it has probabilities to happen again. But our defense is going to be very decent this time if you have Kulibali being the back. But if there is no Kulibali, there is going to be another alternate, which I would go for Barishil because he's young. He has a good physic. He has good physic, and uh, his potential. See, I want to see like when you know see. Badashil, you know, getting Badashil is like a no-brainer, and the reason being Perez and Zidane both are behind him, and they call him the next Varane. If they both identify the potential in that particular player, then it's a no-brainer. You go there, get him. But I won't say that. But again, Monaco is not willing to say. No, no. Uh, I fear in one side is that. Um, The one point is that they said Schweinsteiger still has to speak. He's going to be the best, and we got Schweinsteiger. That is, we got Falco. We got Falco. We got Falco. That is Ben being Ben actually. Schweinsteiger. Got Falco. Ben has never sold a player who wasn't finished. Oh, I'm worrying about Thiago then. <laughs> But Thiago, no, we Thiago, saw Thiago. We saw Thiago. Ben doesn't want to sell. Ben doesn't want to sell Thiago. He But want he wants to, to move out. No, but. what diego wants a longer contract and a huge wage structure he he need incremented wages which ben is not willing to offer and that is the only reason diego is moving out and so it is safe to say that diego is not yet finished okay and he still he still has at least 2 3 years i guess he still has you two, saw the years. champions league you know yeah. what seriously he's like he was the man of the match for me honestly because he if he had he if he hadn't taken the ball from the mid And he, I mean, from the defense side, the game. Was the mid? 
Yeah. He, he took care of the midfield. He owned the midfield. Simple so, it's simple. Yeah. So, I would go for Barashid because, uh, okay, he's young. He's talented, but he can't, I don't know. I'm not sure if he's going to be like the number one spot for the left centre-back. It's still going to be Lindelof or Bailey He's going to be there. But we have a strong bench. We have a strong prospect. So, that is going to matter because what Ole is building is from a very young player. He's bringing in young players. So, I feel that young potential players, that's what is important. We have a lot of young players. And we need young potential players for the starting level. And I feel Barashin would be a perfect choice. Gabriel was a perfect choice, but we missed out Gabriel. So, I can't blame on that because it's typical Manchester United transfer. So, I'm not going to say anything <laughs> on it. But Barashil... Yeah. So, what is your take for the next season? Where do you think we'll end up? Okay. Uh, if transfer market doesn't happen, and if our players are same injury prone, like whatever happened this season, I don't think we'll be... I guess I'll be in the sixth place fighting for the Europa League. And being chucked out of the Champions League from the group stage itself, play in the Europa League, maybe try for qualifying to the finals and lose in the finals. <laughs> see, I'll for me not. personally, see, it depends a lot on the stats of window yeah. where United stands. If United is going to continue with the same part, I don't see that finishing in top four. See, see what Chelsea is doing. They have just got six players still now. And they are just behind two more players. Just eight players. And that's a squad. That is a squad they are getting, man. But what will happen at the end? Frank Lampard will be praised. Why? Because he spent 450 million on a squad. He built a squad. He got 11 players. He finished third. Even after buying so much, he he is not able to, you know, catch up with say Liverpool. That is shitty. He, uh, he uh, uh, not It's at all. too early to judge because Chelsea has a lot of potential and maybe uh, if he gets these two players, he, which he wants. Maybe that's his formula. He brought up a formula. He plays for. He came forth from a team which we believe that he they would maybe fight for champions. I mean, I mean Europa League. But he came up. So if his formula needs those kind of players, maybe he can challenge for the Champions League. I mean, I mean for the championship. I mean for the Premier League. But yeah. I'm not sure. It's if United gets the player, I'm pretty sure that we could challenge because we have players who are like I won't say they are world class, but they are gonna they are gonna be the future and they have yeah. potential world class players and Jaden Sancho is a world class player. That, that is what I'm telling. If our transfer window goes as planned and if they manage to at least bring three players, mm-hmm. Jaden Sancho, Van der Beek and Thiago, I'm pretty sure that United United can fight for the title and will have a decent run in the Champions League. Very true. Very true. So th- that that's what we have got in this episode for Blazing Football. Uh, if you feel anything that we have missed out, you can comment. And if you contradict anything we both said, you can you are feel you are free to comment whatever you want. Uh, please do support us. Please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you.